Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode six of season five. My name is Jim Wardars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at SideActionPod on Twitter and SideActionPodcast on Instagram. So, Action, uh, you've got the, the salmon shirt on, the hat backwards. You're still out there playing golf. Good for you. It's 55 and rainy in Chicago. Yeah, I think we got your nice weather just a day later. So I was checking the weather reports, and it looked like today was going to be the last real day of reasonable weather. So we got out, played a little 18 today. That's awesome. You got to do it while you can. We're discussing beach volleyball, going to the weekend update. I mean, fun weekend. It was uh, our primetime Murphy's 50th on Saturday. Uh, Zach, Rainmaker, and I, we tied one on, buddy. It was uh, hammer time. I should say first, the Shockers won a big game on Saturday. We crushed them. We got a new quarterback. His name's Clay. He's amazing. Uh, he is the best quarterback we've played with, including your cousin and yourself. I know you played QB once. <laughs> That's not hard um, to request. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this dude was legit. I mean, look away, throws, just dimes all over the field. Plays a level on other teams. He was just kind of toying around with the other team here. We won 45 to 14. That was a, wow. a beatdown. Uh, but we had some day drinking after that. Maybe some shots afterwards in the victory. Took a little break. Went to primetime birthday party. And, man, it was hammer time. We, we uh, said our goodbyes at Tavern on Rush. I'm sure you've maybe not uh-huh. been there. Probably shouldn't have been there. Um, you know, they're, they're going out of business. And then uh, ended up at the Four Shadows. You know, finally got home. I, I was a little banged up, to be honest with you, for my tournament on Saturday. But... It played well, just a high level of competition, but overall, really, really fun weekend. Nice. Yeah, we got out and did some rock climbing at a new gym that opened up in Eastern Market mm-hmm. and got to to a little harvest festival downtown. It was a good time. That's awesome, man. So we're in full fall activities. I'm sure we're going to hit a pumpkin patch soon. Mm-hmm. You know, a farmer's market, a pumpkin patch, uh, maybe a Halloween costume at one point here on the, on the podcast. I'm not going to make any promises, actually. I don't know what I'm going to dress up as yet. But uh, more importantly, had a good week in the in the obviously in the contest and overall. So hopefully that carried over in your personals. Yeah, another great weekend for me. I, I you know knock on wood, I've had four winning weeks here in the NFL, and uh, volume is up, which is always a good thing. You know I tend to bet a little bit more when I'm on a hot streak and then cool off as I trend down so hopefully we can go it's just like you at the at the craps table the blackjack table yeah. you gotta ride that highway when you're up yeah get that winning press somebody's gonna flip back on you then you can get conservative that's right okay <laughs> well let's go over week four in the nfl here action uh some some big injuries you know we were talking actually on a pod last week about the miami cincinnati game we did like cincinnati but in this game you obviously had a really serious situation with Tua. Uh, talking about Loa, and he, you know, was was scary. You know, it was scary. It was yeah. in the, the clip with his hands and, you know, had kind of a major injury there. I guess it was another concussion, but it kind of looked more like a spinal thing. He is okay now, but he's going to sit out this week. you got your guy Teddy Covers in there, but, you know, he is obviously – it's different when he's a favorite, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's true. He is he's the underdog covering machine, but I mean the number has been depressed quite a bit. I don't know if there's other factors or if the market's just telling us that the move from Tua to Teddy is worth three. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not so sure. We'll talk more about it later. You've got uh, Daniel Jones on here. I think he might play, but he had an ankle injury, and uh, Tyrod Taylor got concussed in the game. You're calling for Davis Webb. Davis Webb in QB. The uh, what, what was a Cal guy, wasn't he? I have no idea. That's a good shout out, though. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Giants. I mean, they 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 beat the Bears. In a, dare I say, turning black back the clock to the 19 late 1970s or something. Very mm-hmm. boring football in that game. Jones, I think he ran more yards than he passed in that game. Uh, let's talk about some more important things for our teams. Javante Williams, man, he was on my fantasy team. My team sucks, but he gets a torn ACL in that game. He's out for the year, opens the door for Melvin Gordon, and then the young guy, Mike Boone. But uh, And then it looks like Dante Taylor, he's not playing tonight in the game against Denver. He's out with a high ankle sprain. You know, He hadn't missed a practice in his life or something before yeah. last week so now he's going to actually miss his first game in a long time yeah definitely uh Colts are going to miss him tonight I think I read that Philip Lindsay is going to step in and get some carries which will be interesting to see but I mean it's not it's been him it's the offensive line play that's been piss poor so far that's holding the Colts down I yeah believe. it's been terrible we'll see how they fare against a pretty good Denver defense uh your guy Brian Hoyer came in uh for Matt Jones and um or Mac Jones Mac Jones and then, yeah. in who cares? Bailey Zappi? Is that how you say his name? <laughs> Zappi? He, he That's the right. Yeah. In, Zappi, from Western Kentucky, a fourth rounder. He just kind of, I wouldn't say lit it up, but he got his plays. And he, he obviously performed pretty well in that game against the pack. Yeah, I mean, I believe that he's actually an upgrade over Brian Hoyer. I was pleased to see him come in and I think I texted you that it's Zappy hour, and it was because he held on. They probably had a chance to win that game in Green so Bay. So close. We'll talk about that more in a minute. And the last injury is Cordero Patterson, who's been running wild. Uh, he's on the injury reserve now, missed at least four weeks with a knee injury. Uh, your Tyler Algiers shared just just soared, but um, it kind of I don't know. The thing about Patterson, I love the way he runs, but it's what they yeah. call it the violent style. It's he runs so hard and like a you know, kicker or kick returner, and he just, he's bound to get hurt at some point, especially he's kind of a lanky guy. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to the recap of the games themselves. Actually, uh, we had a great week, but there were some other games to mention. We kind of got a little bit lucky. The Vikings uh, went across the pond. We thought this was going to be an easy one. They were favored by two and a half, but, I mean, even without Jameis Winston there, the the red rifle was, was showing uh, the, the British faithful what he could do, and Got them in position for a game-tying field goal of 61 yards that hit the crossbar. And so we actually secure the victory, uh, both the spread and the win from uh, Minnesota, 28-25. I know you were watching that game. I was, frankly, at the tournament and also a little bit hungover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a double doink, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and right before that, the kicker, Lutz, I think his name, hit another 60-yarder to uh, close within three. I don't recall exactly the game script, right. but... So, I mean, he was lining up for that second one, and it hit the the upright and then the crossbar, just like your Chicago Bears game yeah, years ago. In the double playoffs. doink. Ugh. It's tough. That's a long kick, though. It wasn't the, the one that the double doink was not a long kick, if you remember, you recall correctly. True. Uh, our one loss on the weekend was the Browns. You know, the Browns were one and a half point favorites in, you know, in the. We actually went one point, but it, you know, they closed one and a half. 
Uh, they had multiple trips in the red zone here. I, I don't know why they can't punch the ball in with that running game. They ended up actually losing the game 23-20. to 20. And I believe that I heard Mariona only had like seven pass attempts or completions in the game. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they lose to the Falcons 23-20. The Falcons miraculously are 2-2, two and two, uh, as is Cleveland, uh, which actually I think Cleveland would have taken 2-2 two and two to start the season. But given mm-hmm. that they could probably want bid 4-0, given, you know, who they've actually lost to in the Jets and Falcons, this was a tough loss. Yeah, definitely a game that they probably wish they should or believe they should have won. But I'm not so sure. When you look at the box score, it actually was closer than I expected in yardage. And ultimately, I think the red zone variance probably was about even in reality, even though despite Cleveland didn't get their touchdowns, Atlanta had a few trips as well that didn't cash in. So it was a close game, definitely a disappointment because the Browns had an opportunity laid and Brissett just couldn't get them down into field goal range to tie exactly. the game. Exactly. Saw that. Uh, the Eagles, uh, we did not actually pick this game. I, I was on the Jags in this one, but the Eagles, um, we didn't pick this game, right? Okay. No, uh-uh. I had okay. the Eagles first half. This, this was the action green, uh, <laughs> but um, uh-huh. Philly actually was down 14 to nothing in this game. And, you know, it was a pouring rain game, pick six to start the game for Hertz on that one. And then Lawrence looked good on the first drive and then proceeded to turn the ball over five times in the game. Eagles win 29-21. Jags almost attempted to get in the back door there, but they couldn't quite do it. And the Eagles are the only undefeated team at 4-0 this, uh, in the league. Yeah, another dominating second quarter. I think I was reading somewhere that they've outscored their opponents like 90-7 to seven yeah. in the second quarter. The Jags jumped up early, but then Philly came back and just dominated them to close Absolutely. the half. Absolutely. So we'll see. They are the favorite now, action uh, to win the NFC. I don't know if you checked that. They're like you know, the plus 220 or 250 or something. They're, they've surpassed everybody else in, in the NFC. Rightfully so. Oh, the Ravens. And we asked this. I was on the Ravens. Um, <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about this line, first of all. This line moved all over the place. So I guess they did technically cover. It was plus three and a half. I saw a dip to three. Um, either way, I thought the Ravens should have probably won this game, but they were up 20 to three in the first half again. Didn't score it at all in the second half. And then the questionable situation at the end of the game where Harbaugh goes for fourth down in the red zone instead of kicking the field goal to take the lead allows the Bills to kind of just milk the clock by the end and then kick the easy field goal to win. So you're marking the Ravens as a cover. In the contest, it was a push, I guess. You see a lot of pushes out there. But uh, what did you? What was going on with the Ravens? Why can't they, why can't they score in the second half? Yeah, their offense really sputtered, and it was red zone again. I think mm. they had a couple of opportunities late. Uh, Lamar had two interceptions down there in the red zone, or green zone at least. Right. And uh, Buffalo just really steadfastly got back into the game. They were moving the ball. I mean, I think the takeaway for me is that Baltimore's defense is not their normal defense this season more than anything else. Right. I think that's a takeaway. Giving up a tons of yards right now mm-hmm. since Hopefully, the games. You got three and a half, though, right? The Ravens. I didn't end up betting the game. Oh, I see. I just, I was on the Ravens when we discussed it. Um, But, and watching early, I'm like, ah, 20 to three. But it was exactly like Miami, and they just blew it, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think the Bills are a better team than Miami, but, I mean, it was still, they didn't score in the second half, unlike that that Miami game. Yeah. We were on the Cowboys, though, action. Cowboys were three-point favorites at home, and they just 
destroy Washington. I mean, that defense is awesome. Your guy, Cooper Rush, 4-0 was a starter, 4-0 ATS, 25-10 was the win, and, and he's playing great. Yeah, Cooper Rush is playing well. I wouldn't say the box score, though, lends me to think it was a destruction. I mean, the yardage was actually pretty close, right. if I recall. Um, it, and so they probably should have covered, but was it 15 points margin? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The game was more like 15 to 10 for a long time. And I was sitting there like, this is the classic backdoor situation, or they could have won late score or something. But don't worry, Carson Wentz couldn't get it done. Like always. You, we were all of the Titans, Titans plus three and a half in this game against your Colts. Like for some reason, there's a matchup advantage. And they won outright again, you know, 24-17. They were never trailed in this game. Uh, the Titans have been coming out of the gates late in their games, and the Colts have been doing nothing uh, in the first half. So the Colts drop is 0-2-1 in the division action. I mean, I probably begs the question, do you even think they can win this division anymore? I think Jacksonville is the favorite now. Uh, they should be at least. I think Jacksonville and Tennessee are both 2-2 two and two at the top. But I, uh, I, they have to prove something to me. You know, this is another game, though. I'll admit we'll take the W, but the box score tells you that it was a lot closer than the final score indicates. I don't think that Tennessee even scored in the second half. Uh, the Colts blanked them 7-0. to mm-hmm. And the yardage disparity was quite large. The Colts put up 365 yards and the Titans only 243. So there's some red zone malfunctions, some turnovers, although I, I believe that the Matt Ryan turnovers are not really luck. They're just him getting pressure and dropping the football. Mm-hmm. I think he has nine fumbles now on the season. Yeah. So Did his pants some things that need to be corrected. Action? Did they get some... I don't know. He's in a dome, dome to dome. I mean, the uh, weather there in Indianapolis, we'll see. Yeah, he's not used to that kind of pressure, I guess. So Right. Uh, the game you kind of mentioned earlier, the Patriots went to, to Lambeau, and usually Lambeau, I mean, Peck can definitely cover some numbers up there, but you know, we thought that 9.5 was a little too much, and it was. I mean, the Pats led most of this game. I mean, the, the Green Bay had to really push it. We both had Green Bay as survivor picks. We were sweating this one out. It, it went all the way to OT, and – you know, your, your, your Zappy Hour almost had it, got it done, but not quite. They lose 27-24, but we'll definitely take the cover. But, man, I I don't know. When I was looking at LaFleur during that game, I'm like, are you just getting out coached? I mean, what's going on out there? Yeah, their offense just isn't uh, what it has been in years past. You know, they, they haven't really blown anybody away yet this season. And uh, I don't really, as I sit here today, I don't have expectations that they're just going to all of a sudden return to the Green Bay offense that we know in records years past. Well, it's not just the offense, action. The defense can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gave up, you know, 100 plus, 150 plus yards again on the ground. They play a team like Philadelphia, they're going to like 300 yards on them. I mean, it's yeah. just, if teams come out and can't throw the ball, like the Patriots and the Bears, for example, you're just running it down their throats. I mean, it's, they got to figure out a way to stop the run. One way or another, I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, last game was the Chiefs uh, going to Tampa. You know, I, I tried to talk into this pick. Thankfully, we didn't do it. The Bucks. I think the game closed a pick, or it was one. It was really close. You know, Chiefs plus two is kind of you know the contest number, or whatever it was. Mahomes looked amazing. The Chiefs just ran all over the Bucks, which I don't know how that's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, 189 yards on the ground, and they they won 41-31. On the flip side. The Bucks barely ran the ball because they were losing the whole damn game. But um, do you think this was just a payback situation, or, or have the Chiefs actually found a running game? 
I don't know how to explain the Chiefs' offensive success in that game. I mean, I watched it as well more casually, but they just couldn't stop him. I mean, the Chiefs looked like a juggernaut there, which was so remarkable after what the performance was the week before against Indianapolis. The way they turned it around and just flipped on the switch and dominated the Buccaneers, I did not see coming at all. Yeah, me neither. Well, I graded this week kind of dead even on underdogs and unders, uh, eight and eight for underdogs and eight and eight for the totals, uh, you know, unders and to- overs. So finally the books are getting it, getting it right, splitting it down the middle. Yeah. Uh, only two games were kind of affected by the spare directly. And that's on the season is 12 and a half percent. So it seems like things are normalizing a little bit, at least, you know, in week four. I'm not sure that'll be the, the case every week, but it's kind of coming back. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's look at weeks five lines. I mean, tonight as we speak, the game will kick off in a moment. Colts versus Broncos. Your Colts uh, opened as dog three point dogs on the road, three and a half in the circuit contest, forty three point total. Um, you know, three and a half. We've, we've kind of talked about that. It's a pretty big advantage to that team that gets the gets the hook. Not that it matters. We're not this game, but. I mean, do you think that the Broncos could cover three and a half I, I, as bad as the Colts have been? Well, I uh, I bet the Broncos at three. I certainly think it's a handicap when you're talking about three and a half. So if we were to pick Thursday games, I certainly don't think that we would be interested in the Broncos. Um, right. Uh, you know, at this game, I just think the Colts are in trouble. Again, they're 32nd ranked offensively, and I think that Denver's defense, even without Randy Gregory, is going to get some pressure on that, Ryan. and I think the Colts are going to lose pretty handily tonight. Okay. Yeah, we'd be on opposite sides. The Colts are great. I just think the Broncos aren't that great either. Uh, yeah. But so, you know, probably another stinker in the total, you know, 43. I don't know. It, it was a right. I think I thought it opened a little higher than this, but these primetime games have kind of been stinkers except for the uh, Bucks Chiefs. True. You know? Yeah, I don't expect this game is going to be an enjoyable watch tonight. Right. Well, let's go to our second London game this year. The Giants and the Packers go overseas. This time, it's the Packers' first time in London. I didn't realize that. Uh, this game looks like it opened pretty low at 37 and a half, if that's what I'm reading correctly. The Pack opened as an eight and a half point favorite, now eight in the circuit contest. You know, they're not in Lambeau, right? Mm-hmm. And the Giants have played really close to the vest in all these games. So with that low total, it screams to take the Giants. I don't believe in the Giants, though, action. So I cannot get on board with that team. Um, I'm assuming you don't want to lay eight with the pack. No, definitely not. I mean, we just talked about how this offense isn't really humming like it has been in years past, only 17th ranked. And um, mm-hmm. they're uh, <clears throat> defensively, you mentioned it as well, their ability to stop the run is last, dead last. And Saquon Barkley has been playing well this season. So. The thing that gives me pause in this game is Daniel Jones. I did see a report that he was, quote, moving well during practice yesterday. So maybe the ankle injury isn't quite what it was last week. But, I mean, he came out of that game, and I think he stayed out uh, until Tyrod Taylor got concussed. Maybe he came back in, but they were running Wildcat for some reason, and the Bears were just letting him run it down their throats. (laughs) (laughs) They can't stop the Wildcat? What is it, Ronnie Brown back there from Miami? I mean, come on. Yeah, I this is my biggest fear is the pack. You know, one of the things I will say about the pack last week that I liked when it was late 
you know, the rookie, Romeo Dobbs, looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. He did almost have the game-winning touchdown at the end there. Um, if they kind of get that rapport going, it'll open up the passing game. I can score. I just, you know, I know the total 41 is super low for a reason, but, you know, the pack should be able to score some points on the Giants. I just don't think it's score. So we can stay away. I'm just mm-hmm. talking. I do think uh, this is a great under game. I've, you've already seen this number. Um, I think it went as high as 42 or 43 this week until the money came in on the under where it sits now 41 and a half. And I, I think that this is probably one of my favorite teaser legs of the week, too, on the pack going from eight down to two is a standard teaser. Gets you through the seven and the three. Yep. Definitely great teaser, teaser game. So, all right, here we go. Detroit Lions, who we didn't mention, score 45 and lose. Uh, they're going to the Patriots. Uh, the total is at 47 down to 46. The Patriots are favored two and a half points at home, up to three and a half in the contest. You know, I did like the game at two and a half for the Pats. And I think I wrote that at three at the bottom. When it goes to three and a half, we get that trepidation. We talked about that last week. Detroit's going to have to, they're going to score. We, we, they're scoring against anybody, theoretically. But they can't stop a goddamn thing, even with if it's zappy hour. So, I mean, where are you at with this game? I, I don't think I can back the pass at the three and a half anymore. I don't think that's wise, but I don't know if I can take the Lions either. Yeah. I Well, at first I'd like to start with the total. I was very interested to see what would happen because knowing that Denver or Detroit's defense is so poor, 32nd mm-hmm. ranked, that I thought we might see some over money in this game, but it's been the contrary actually. Um, opened at 47, and now I'm seeing like 45 and a half in some shops, and it looks like it's going down. So that leads me to believe that the sharp betters out there in the market think that Bill Belichick and Son Steve are going to have something lined up for this Detroit Lions offense. Right. I think so too. And, and I mean, obviously, we saw in the Super Bowl, I don't know if it's a golf thing or it was a Rams thing, but he definitely shut down the Rams in the Super Bowl. Maybe he knows how to take away what golf does best. Mm-hmm. We obviously have Swift out of this game, likely. I don't know if um, your guy, St. Brown, is going to play or not. So some sharp guys know something. Yeah. I mean, do you – would you consider the Patriots – I mean, the other thing we didn't talk on the other side of the ball is the Patriots are number one rushing offense, and mm-hmm. the Lions' defense is 32nd ranked. So, like – the widest disparity that we can see between a run game and run defense. Do you think right. that the Patriots behind, despite Zappy likely starting can actually cover this number at three and a half? Well, again, three and a half was, I mean, that's why they put it there. They're trying to make mm-hmm. us make a decision. I was all over it at two and a half, three. I put it in our recommendations because that's how I was looking at the market. And I don't know what it is at this moment. Is it three and a half in the market right now? Or is that no. just circa making a decision? It looks like majority of books are at three currently. But, I mean, it's shaded towards the Patriots. Mm -hmm. It's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I could get on board with it if we need one because it was in my recommendations initially because I do think New England is a better football team. But that that hook, man, hook's going to make me sweat. Yeah. All right, well. Maybe we color it in like a very light shade of yellow. <laughs> very, very light. Very light. We can come back to it if we need. Yep. Yep. Okay, here we go. In the one o'clock window, we've got the Chargers and Browns in Cleveland. Uh, the Browns actually open as a dog at home. Three-point dog at home. It told me in 48. It was down to 47 and a half. Now it's 
you know, the Browns are a two-point dog at home. I don't know, actually. I don't understand this line. I, I think the Browns, I mean, their lack of scoring in the red zone is, is troubling, no question. And the Chargers are, you know, everybody's favorite team are doing the preseason. But my numbers say that the Browns are a better football team. Why are they basically four points worse than the Chargers? Is that what we're saying on a neutral? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I have this game, again, I mean, Wednesday isn't perfect through four weeks, but I've got Cleveland a much heavier favorite, like three or four points at home, yeah. right? So I'm trying to make sense of this. Is it injury? Is there a matchup advantage? I mean, you tell me, actually. Well, the one thing that gives me pause in these numbers is just understanding what the Browns' strength of schedule has been right. so far this season. Frank Tardiath, uh, they've had some cupcakes on the schedule to start the year. And so that, you know, some betters may think that the Browns' number is a little bit of where true water level is. But True. I'm with you. I, I mean, this is a Chargers team that we've seen historically year in and year out that has uh, really sputtered on the road. And uh, they almost let Houston back into the game last week, mm-hmm. despite a huge first half advantage. And uh, I saw a Houston team, Damian Pierce, that was running all over them. And you and I both know that this Browns running attack is third ranked and they're going to be able to do some damage on the ground, which I think is going to be key in this game, especially on the lakefront there. Right. Without Bosa, you know, putting pressure on Brissette. I mean, like, I don't know, man. I. It's almost like it's just tricky. I mean, you know, I heard a bookmaker say we don't make any fishy lines and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. I'm just sitting here like, I don't know how they made this line. Because usually my lines are pretty close. It's way off. So I'd be all over the Browns. We, yeah, don't I mean, put it, we can put it yellow. Any color you want. The one last thing I was going to mention is that this is a game, indeed, that I want to check the injury report for those Browns defensive injuries. If Miles Garrett coming back, I think there's a couple of secondary members that are too. I mean, if they are looking good on the injury front, then I'm certainly in the Browns. Okay, we'll check it. All right, here we go. Dolphins and Jets, the AFC East, you know, matchup here. This This is in New York. You had, we didn't talk about this, a comeback by your guy, Matt Wilson. First start, made it happen. They're down 20 to 10. He gets the win, 24 10 or 24-20. The Finns um, are going to go with Teddy Teddy covers here, but they are a road fa- road favorite this time. They open as a three-point favorite, three and a half now. Total stayed at 44. I know we've talked about Teddy covers as a dog. I don't like this game for the Dolphins. Not that I think they're going to lose, but three and a half. It's the whole thing. Like, come on, road dog or home dog in division with the hook. I, I can't go with the, the Dolphins here. Yeah, yeah. The, I was kind of discouraged to see the three and a half on this game, much like the Patriots game, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I bet the Dolphins at three already earlier sure. this week, because I think that this is a Jets team that's really just starting their season. In terms of uh, Zach Wilson going out early in the preseason, I don't think he even got hardly a snap. And last week was Ooh. like their preseason game. So this is really like week one that they're moving into. And uh, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some growing pains yet, despite the nice couple drives against the Steelers last week. And um, I think this Miami Dolphins defense is uh, a good one, and I, I expect that they're going to play well. But I, I'm with you. I don't think we could take the Dolphins minus three and a half on the road. Let's let's pass it. Let's pass it, action. Put it to the side. <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay, Tennessee going to Washington has proven to be a terrible football team, apparently. Um, the Titans open as a three-point favorite on the road, 42 point. It's up to 42 and a half now in the total. 
but the line moved down to one and a half for the Titans. Uh, maybe is Tannehill hurt or something? It, it, what's going on? Why did that go down? I mean, the Titans aren't that great of a football team, but Washington's defense isn't that great, and the Titans have been able to get up in games and stay up of late. It's probably one of those games that Washington bounces back big time, but I just, uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to trust Carson Wentz, to be honest with you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I I showed this game at like three and a half mm-hmm. on a neutral, and so I guess you could give Washington some home field advantage. So I, I think the number is about right, to be honest. And I, I like you, I think that Tennessee is maybe a little bit inflated in the market. And we talked about strength of schedule with the Browns. Well, you've got to say the same for Washington. They've played the toughest schedule through four weeks of the NFL season thus far. And uh, so you got to think that their numbers are depressed a little bit. And they actually have a pretty good run defense too, which is another thing that I always look at when I'm betting on the Titans. So it's a pass for me. All right, pass it. Can I interest you in in an NFC North game? Uh, The Bears go to the Vikings. Boy, the Bears are bad. We knew they're bad, but... At the Four Shadows, there was a woman there who was a Bears fan. Oh, boy. She was cursing like a sailor at the end. Like, they wouldn't throw the goddamn ball. <laughs> throw the ball, Bills. Throw the fucking ball. It was hilarious. <laughs> but um, anyway, the Vikings open as a seven-point favorite at home, 43-point total. It's up to 43-and-a-half. They gave us the hook again, seven-and-a-half here for the Vikes. Probably going to be my survivor pick, by the way, on the Vikings. Uh, I do think they're going to win the game. Seven and a half, God, I hate that. I mean, I know why they do it. They do it because it's a tough decision. But, oh, um, give me a redeeming quality. I, I can't get with the Bears, so I have to do a favor here or pass. So tell me why we shouldn't take the seven and a half or we should just, it's just a bad number, we should pass it. I, well, it's, it's obviously not seven. <laughs> That's my first. Uh, and to, Honestly, uh, the Vikings, I think as far as I know, this is the first time in the history of the London series where teams are coming back from London and not having a bye. And uh, the Saints are doing it too. Mm -hmm. In fact, they both to the NFL to have their bye later in the season. And so both both of them are playing after traveling back from London. I think it's probably going to be overblown though. I mean, I heard and read that uh, the Vikings had like this supreme charter flight where they all had lay flat beds or whatnot so they probably didn't realize that they took a trip to london yeah they all got home on sunday night both teams got home on sunday night so it was like they traveled it just was a six or seven hour flight versus three you know it's sure it's a really unique situation you're right though actually it is a unique situation so i mean there's a small carrot there on the on the bears side but i don't think it's enough to sway what the bears really are they're a team that doesn't pass the ball and uh, they try to run it all the time. And I think the Vikings are going to be ready for that. And on the other side, I think that this Vikings offense has shown that they can run. And um, certainly Kirk Cousins is dynamite in the 1 p.m. slot. So yes. I I think we should consider the Vikings. I think it's going to be a low-picked game as well. Okay. We put us yellow. I mean, like I said, I, I see them winning the game, and usually the spread doesn't matter. So, yep. you know, right on these, these damn hooks, man. But I get it. I know why they did it. Um, okay. How about Atlanta against the Bucks? Uh, Atlanta, obviously, you know, they, they won last week at home. Now they go to Tampa. 
seems like Tampa played a lot of games at home so far, but Tampa's uh, open as a point favorite, three and a half in the cons. The total is the same at 48. That's tough. It's a divisional game. I do think Tampa's going to be a little pissed off after last week losing on primetime. And Atlanta is basically overachieved. But this this line is perfect. I Not perfect, but, I mean, it's what I would have it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't see any value, per se. Um, I'm not sure if you see value there, but I'm, I'm a little frustrated because I can't get any value here. Action, I'm trying to get some action, uh, value on some side. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned it last week. This Atlanta offense has been beating the odds makers' expectations through all four week four weeks now of the season. Mm-hmm. They have the second ranked run offense, but yep. despite what we saw last Sunday night with the Chiefs running well, I, I still believe in this Tampa Bay Bucks defensive front, and so I don't believe that Atlanta's going to have as much success. And certainly now that Cordero Patterson is out too, that brings them down another notch as well. So. I think it's got to be Tampa or pass here, but I, it's just too big of a number to uh, put down on this offense right now. Yeah, for the contest, I agree. I agree. I mean, it did show me something that they got to put up 31 points, even though they are just behind mm-hmm. the whole game, just chucked it every time. Yeah, I mean, have Mike Evans and Julio Jones and Godwin all back in the lineup makes a huge difference for Tom yeah. Brady and company. I did see yeah. that Brady hit the injury report yesterday, though, with the shoulder injury, so that's concerning. A lot of people speculated that was a trip to the divorce lawyer. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's true. So Giselle might be on the market for me. I don't know. I mean, I could use a sugar mama. <laughs> on Sunday night or on Monday, uh, I saw on Twitter that there was odds on both Giselle's next boyfriend and Tom Brady's next girlfriend on Bet Online, and I wanted that's to awesome. put it in the outline, but I didn't. So maybe we'll table that for a slow week. I'm sure I have very long odds, but I can give it a shot. <laughs> we need to ask uh, Bet Online to add you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's get into uh, you know another marquee game. I guess sort of uh, the Steelers going to the Bills. This was the opener last year. Uh, the Bills opened as a three, a thirteen and a half point favorite at home. Fourteen points in the contest. Total stayed at forty-seven. I didn't get to make a plug for my guy Kenny Pickett. I'm, I'm getting his jersey, by the way. I love Kenny Pickett. I don't know why I love him so much. Maybe it's more because I have so many Steelers on my stupid fantasy team, and I need him to start revving it up. But last year, the Steelers went in and kind of shocked the world and beaten the, the Bills in kind of a weird game. So there's definitely a revenge spot. And one of the things I will mention, I'm sure you will mention at some point, is the Bills, usually when they play these kind of lesser teams, and I'm not saying the Steelers are that much less, but they're not that good this year, they usually smash. Mm-hmm. But 14, come on, man. That's a lot of points. So you probably can't get on board to do the Bills there, but are you going to make a case for the Steelers here? No, no, no. It's uh, Bills are passed for me in this game. This is a team that thrives on crushing their opponents. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, their defensive injuries are getting a little bit healthier. Ed Oliver's back in the lineup, and they're yep. getting some of their secondary members back. And on the other side, I saw Minka Fitzpatrick hit the injury report. He's questionable to play this weekend. And I think if Minka is out, they have no chance at stopping the Bills on that side of the ball. So I, I think that they have a really good chance of covering 14, to be honest. Hmm. Would you consider doing in the contest? I mean, usually these big spreads don't get picked. Mm-hmm. I remember the year that Miami was so bad. Yeah. They kept taking Miami. They, were, they weren't covering those spreads. Um. Yeah, the Bills are the only team. The Bills and the Chiefs are usually those teams that can smash, right, um, at least in, in the old days. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing that the Steelers have going for them in these matchups is their running game. I mean, the Bills' run defense is 31st ranked, and Najee Harris could make some hay, but I think that Kenny Pickett, despite playing well last week, is going to be in for a rude awakening this week in his first start. I heard a stat that uh, rookies in their first start never cover the spread. Never, 100%. (laughs) Right. Um, Anyway, okay, well, let's go to the next one. we got the Texans and the Jags. Uh, I did think this was going to be a toilet bowl beginning of the season, but the Jags have played well. I don't know how well. I mean, there's seven-point favorites here in action on the opener and seven points in the contest at home. 44-point total opener, 44-and-a-half at this point. The Jags are better than the Texans, no question. I'm not going to argue with that. I, I do like the way the Jags have been playing. Should they be favored by seven, though? That's a lot of points, man. I, I don't know if I can get on board with it. Let's see what I had it at. I mean, I probably did have it at that number. I'm sure I had yeah, eight or nine points per the index, but I don't know. Divisional game, the Texans somehow always seem to get in the back door somehow. I don't know. What do you think? I, th- I like the Jaguars in this game. I think that they're going to bounce back after the uh, poor performance through the last three quarters in Philadelphia last week. Mm-hmm. And I think the weather, the driving rainstorm had an effect on Trevor Lawrence yeah. negatively in terms of turnovers. And uh, most importantly, the Jaguars run defense is stout and they're going to be able to stop Damian Pierce and company. And I don't think that Davis Mills um, is going to be able to throw on them either. So I, I like the Jags, and I was pleased to see seven and not seven and a half in this one. All right. I don't know. Man. That's just a lot of points for the Jags. I mean, I love that the Jags are – when's the last time they've been favored? I mean, they've been – Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Um, they uh, Their offense has been good this year, though, 12th ranked, and they're eighth passing. Oh, and the so. defense has been good, too. They've been really good. I mean, don't mm-hmm. – trust me, they're playing great. I mean – they're up there in the Wegs Index. I mean, we, we did it we did it this week, man. I don't know if you checked it out. They're fourth in the Wegs Index. They're playing great. Just right. maybe not maybe next week, actually. Sorry. Can't get on board yet. I play so. Or at the DVOA too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last last game in the one o'clock window. The Seahawks are going to the Saints. Uh forty five and a half point total on the opener. It's up to forty six now. The spread has stayed at five and a half, despite you know, Jameis Winston's health is cloudy. You've got Michael Thomas on the injury report. I guess Kamara is probably not going to play or he's on the injury report again. So five and a half for the Saints. I mean, look, the Seahawks are overachieving. We said that they're not very good, but they played great against Detroit, who has no defense. The Saints have a defense. Five and a half, though. God, these guys can't score. The Saints can't score either. I don't know. It's a stay away from me, actually. I can't pick a side. Yeah, it's the Saints or pass. I have no interest in Seattle in this game. They're to a point where they're just inflated to a point where I can't bet them. I mean, Geno Smith has been awesome through four weeks, and their offense has been great, too, third ranked. But I believe that the Saints are going to have something for them this week. And, you know, we already saw them play one one data point against the great defense in San Francisco 49ers, and they couldn't do anything against them. So I expect that it's going to be more of the same this week. And on the other side of the ball, the Seahawks just gave up 45 points to the Lions. So I think if it's Red Rifle and we see Kamara in, there's some value here on the Saints. Okay. I do know that Rashad Penny also was on the injury report for mm, Seattle. That's big. He's running wild. Uh, okay. Maybe we could five and a half. Oof. You think there's value there? 
I don't. Yeah, I think it should be closer. Well, yeah, I mean, it, well, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty close. The data says it should be four, but uh, I mean, no question that sales will get beat. So, go to some other games. Let's see, you got three nine here, Um The opener was six and a half, and it stayed there for the contest for 49ers on the road. Six and a half point favorites. 39 and a half down to 39. I was wrong on Baker Mayfield. Sorry, everybody. He sucks. Everybody thinks. Um, I don't know who their backup is. They might consider it because this offense is, I think, dead last. Uh, if it wasn't for that defense, they would not be in any game. And luckily, defense is decent. They lost to a subpar Arizona team last week. And the 49ers, I don't know, man. They played great against the Rams, you know, covered. Um, but six and a half, fuck. Why do they do this to me, action? It's not easy to pick this week. It's getting to be tough. So I don't know. I, I love it. I actually like the Carolina defense, but the 49er offense isn't that great, but I just can't see Baker doing anything against this defense. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold is the backup, but I think that he's still at least a week away. He's an iron. He, he uh, okay. had a, some, I think, a knee injury, something preseason, and he's not available as far as I know. But uh, right. certainly feels like when he's ready, they're going to make the switch. They have to, right? I think they have to. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think this is a spot for the Panthers. I hate to it. My numbers say four. I, it's six. It's too big a spread for the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is not an offense that is capable of putting up a lot of points. And I was kind of surprised that the Rams couldn't get much pressure on Jimmy G last week. I think that's because he would take like a one-zap drop on every play and just whip it out (laughs) to Debo, which worked. I can't believe they scored two long touchdowns on those plays. But, I mean, Carolina's defense is really good. I know. I mean, they've scored in multiple weeks in a row now. And uh, I think that this is going to be an extremely low-scoring game. What's the total? Nine. Yeah. So, I mean, just like, of course, that was nine and a half with the Packers, but um, I think that six and a half has some value, and I think it would be a sneaky pick. If they lose this game, do you think Matt it's back? I do. Well, I mean, within reason, I think if they keep it within the number, he maybe keep his job, but if they get smashed, I think he's gone. Frank Reich might be the (laughs) Reich could be gone tomorrow morning. Uh Uh-oh, what's the score? Zero. (laughs) Okay. Let's put a yellow on Carolina. I could be talking to it. I mean, they're the Jimmy West darling. I, I love Carolina in the preseason. I thought they better. Um, 49ers traveling the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. We'll off, see. And off a short week, too. I think historically that trend has been actually the other way for teams that have full rest. But short week has been very detrimental. Right. All right. Let's do Cowboys and Rams. Uh, the Rams open as a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. They're up to five. The total went from 45 to 43. I, explain me this line action. I don't understand it. The Cowboys, I'm not trying to get on America's team, and, and I'm not talking about the Raiders proxy, but the Cowboys have been playing great. There's no question. Cooper Rush, whatever. But the, it's really the defense here. That's why they're winning these games. The Rams, five-point favorites at home? I mean, could it be a bounce-back spot? That's probably what you're going to tell me. But five points? Ugh. I don't feel good about that. Uh, Dallas, I just I, I have them favored in the game, like even on the road. I mean, wow. short favorite, of course, but they're they're a better team statistically. So, why the Rams are favored? I don't know. Um, I I don't know that I would go as far to say that Dallas should be favored, but um, we saw on Sunday night this game opened up at six, 
this is before the Monday game, obviously the Rams and the Niners, and uh, it got just hammered by somebody who uh, carries a lot of weight in the market, and it pushed the number all the way down to four on Sunday night. We've seen that somebody in action. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had bet the Cowboys at six. Although, I mean, it might get back there, though, to be honest. If we see some more public it money might. come into the market between now and Sunday, I think this is right. a, in terms of like real betting, those of you who are interested in the Cowboys, there's no point in betting it now. You might as well wait to see if that six pops up because right. that's certainly going to be more valuable than five and a half. Um, I just don't think that the Rams offensive line is going to be able to protect Matthew Stafford at all. This Cowboys pass yeah. rush is a menace. They're number one getting after the quarterback. They have 15 sacks on the year and uh, the Rams have given up 16 on the year. So I don't see how Stafford's going to have any time to throw. Well, didn't, am I mistaken that didn't the Cowboys beat the Rams last year in Dallas? Maybe I'm confusing that. But I don't know. I, I agree with you. I, I think the Cooper Cup gets open on everybody. They're going to put digs on him. He's going to just jam him at the line and try to take away the – that's mm-hmm. all that Stafford throws to. And, and they have to run the ball in this game. They're not going to run against the Cowboys. Right. So – I don't know. I, I have to pick the Cowboys here. I mean, that it's it's just confusing. It's like the Cleveland thing. And I think the Cowboys are better than Cleveland. It's like something's wrong with this line, and maybe I'm getting, you know, some some sharp, sharp guys know what they're doing. I don't understand why this line is this big. So. How, what do you think about it. the matchup on the other side of the ball with Cooper Rush and Elliott and company? Are they score against this Rams defense? Probably not a lot. Um, I mean, last week Gallup helped them a little bit. Uh, late, and you know, obviously, our guy CeeDee Lamb caught a ball, but I don't, I don't think Elliott is running the ball well. The offensive line's not playing great. Mm-hmm. It just looks like a smash mouth game. So the total <clears throat> going down to 43 makes sense, yeah. uh, but it's just maybe you're right. Maybe they win. Maybe the Rams win 10 to three or something. Just an ugly one. Yeah. So I, I don't know. A couple of 42 and a halfs already as well. It's... I mean, at some point the Cooper Cooper Rush is going to lose a game, right? Yeah. I mean, he's going to lose. And he's also going to a bad game where he's going to – I heard something today that maybe uh, McCarthy and company are coaching better because they have limited things they can do with Cooper Rush. Uh, where they have Dak, he can do anything theoretically, and that's why they, they weren't coaching as well. I don't know. It sounds a little far-fetched, but it can come up with good game plans. With the Rams, you can get the ball out early and get away from Aaron Donald and then run effectively when you have certain situations and – I mean, look what, like you said, what the 49ers did is the blueprint. Just throw it out, get it out to CD or whoever. Now, they don't have a Debo Samuel out there, but get it to your playmakers and get it going. I think Pollard's going to have a good game. He's going to get a lot of dumb passes here. Yeah. I think that uh, Mike McCarthy and coaching better is an oxymoron. But <laughs> I hear what you're saying. It's not hard to improve from where he started. Obviously, sitting back on his couch and eating his beer nuts and saying, I can, I can coach that team. So. <laughs> I like the Cowboys too. We should look at it. All right, but to put this in a pick. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the Cowboys a lot, and uh, we're following her, which I like to do as well. All right, Philadelphia Eagles at Arizona. Uh, the birds are playing the other birds. The Eagles are they open a six point favorites down to five in the contest. Total stayed at forty nine. And look, we don't. I don't like Kyler Murray at all. Um, he played good last week, I guess. At some point, the Eagles are going to stub their toe. At some point, I'm not saying it's this week, but at some point you got to line up against them. I think they're going to win this game. They played very well going in. Maybe it's going to be a divisional spot, uh, you know, Cowboys or something. 
But at some point, one of these, this is going to be like the survivor pick yeah. that everybody gets screwed yeah. on. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be that guy. But I'm just saying that I don't love the Eagles at the five. You know, I think this, it's worthy of, they're worthy of the, the spread. But it's a little bit too rich for the, for the road, road favorite here for me. So, I, and I can't back the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, this number open at six, down to five. So, obviously, there are some betters in the market that like the Cardinals. But I just don't see it. They played the 31st ranked schedule, strength of schedule, so second easiest. And their numbers are piss poor. They're 29th ranked on defense and 22nd on offense. So, I just don't see how there's any expectation that the Cardinals are all of a sudden going to be better. And they historically under Kingsbury have performed worse at home than they have on the road. So yeah, come off a big win at Carolina, but I think that uh, this is a a game where you're going to see materialize. You're going to see a lot of people who think they're really smart betting on the Cardinals, but I certainly not going to be there with them. And I think that on the other side, it's just a game we should pass on the Eagles and find another spot later down the line. Agreed. Easy. Pass. All right, two more games. Betting games. You've got the Battle of the AFC North. You've got the Bengals going to the Ravens. Uh, Ravens open as a point favorite. Now they're up to three and a half. The total has stayed constant at 48 and a half. Hmm. A little weird here, action. Now, I know that the Bengals started off like crap in this, this year. The first two games, they looked terrible. They've kind of turned the ship around. They're playing a lot better. And we know what the Ravens have done. They probably should be 4-0, but they've lost the games late. Bengals owned them last year in the matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little surprised that we get the hook here, maybe because everybody would take the Ravens. I, I'm on the Bengals here, buddy. I and I don't love them, and I know that their pass rush isn't. I mean, their pass uh, protection isn't great, but I got the I got the Bengals here. It should be around a pick to me, or maybe one point favorite, but but not the three and a half. It's value on the Bengals. Yeah, uh, that's tough. I'm not sure I'm there yet. I may have to ponder this one a little bit more. I I just haven't seen much from the Bengals' offense so far. I mean, they looked good last week, but that was, a, I mean, semi-good, I guess. That was a short week against the Dolphins team. That was in a really, really bad spot. Mm-hmm. And um, even yet, they're still 27th ranked on offense and 28 rushing the ball, 20th pass. And... Um, on the other side, I think that uh, Lamar Jackson is obviously playing at an MVP caliber right now. And I was very, very interested to see that this number ticked up from three to three. So it's a yeah. big move. And it was at three, like Sunday through yesterday. And then uh, once those limits went up, you saw some money pour in on the Ravens side here. And that gave me a little bit of hesitation, to be quite honest. We can stay away. It's fine the primetime games. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, I will say Jamar Chase had, like, mega touchdowns against this team, which mm-hmm. he hasn't done shit all year. He's on my fantasy team, the same team that sucked all year. <laughs> like, he, he had one decent game. That was game one. He hasn't done anything since then. Yeah. Let, let's think about it. I'll, I'll color it yellow. We can talk about it a little bit more on Saturday. But, you know, I, I also believe that we've done pretty well the last couple weeks and the end of last year by staying away from the big games, quote, unquote. Yeah. So. I agree. I'm okay with that. we got all plenty right. of other ones, too. All right, here's a, a proxy. Uh, the Raiders, I told you the Raiders would get off the schneid last week, didn't I, action? So they got their big win. Um, obviously, you know, they, they did what they could against the Broncos, and they won. They're going to the Chiefs, though. Chiefs coming off the big win. They opened a seven-and-a-half point favorite. It's down to seven now. The total went from 53-and-a-half down to 51. Traditionally, this game, at least when Bruden was there, was 
you know, the Raiders stood toe-to-toe with him and beat him on a couple occasions. I think the Chiefs are playing another level, but am I getting recency bias from the Tampa game? Maybe I mean, seven points, if you think about a divisional matchup, seven points, road dog, that's what you should take. I mean, that's what the book says, right? But I don't know. The Raiders aren't quite the same team, and they haven't shown me what they should have been at the preseason. What are your ideas? Yeah, I mean, uh, new coaching staff. Yeah. I know you mentioned Gruden gone, but also the defensive coordinator is now in Indianapolis, whose name I don't know. Right. But, um, you know, they ha- they were able to uh, show a little bit against Patrick Mahomes last year. And I was curious to see big bet come in Sunday night that moved this 53 and a half down to 51. Mm. So leads me to believe that somebody thinks that there's going to be a little bit of lower scoring in this game. And I don't know if that's the Raiders stopping KC or vice versa, because the Kansas City defense has actually been pretty good this year, especially stopping the run. Mm -hmm. And that is the one area where the Raiders have been excelling so far with Josh Jacobs. And so I think just looking at the total move down and understanding what the Kansas City defense has been able to do this season, the betters are looking at that side of the ball. And um, on the other side, obviously, we don't need to say anything about Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and company because they've been smashing so far this year. I think it's Kansas City or pass. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Just don't know if I'm K two years ago that covered every number, no matter what, where it was set. Mm-hmm. Or is it, you know, because the Raiders, I don't know, they haven't played great, but they haven't, I don't know, they haven't just put, put up total stinker either. I mean, I think that they're, mm-hmm. they've been okay, and they can get within that seven. So I'm, I'm fine to pass the game. I mean, you mentioned the Raiders have competed with this team the last several seasons, and for that reason, I don't think that there's any chance the Chiefs are going to come home after the big win against Tampa and just take a night off, because this is a divisional game that they know they need. Mm -hmm. So I I certainly think they're going to win. This is my second leg of my teaser. I got Packers and Chiefs. I mean, all they have to do is win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's the teaser special. (laughs) Packers-Chiefs. Okay, well, we can leave it alone. I, I'm okay. We've got plenty of options here. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, even though we've got some interesting color choices for our things, we've got New England <laughs> in the, the peach, uh, minus three and a half at home. You've got the Bruins and the Brown uh, at minus two at home, or minus two, or plus two at home. Uh, the Vikings minus seven and a half against the Bears at home. The Bills in a minus 14 crusher spot there. Jags minus seven. You're trying to talk me into that at home. Pack, I'm sorry, the Panthers plus six and a half on the at home. That's that's a that's a good you know underdog. Dallas underdog plus five at home or on the road. And then the I don't know if you can, I can talk about it. Yeah. Bengals plus three and a half. And we've got a definite definite some underdogs and some favorites. We can sort through that on Saturday uh, after I get another show in. Yeah, the Browns was supposed to be like a green yellow, but I just oh, couldn't okay. find that one, so I went with Brown. You go green, yellow together. Uh, that is brown. All right, let's get the circa update action. We've got uh, we went four and one again. Nice work. Two weeks in a row. Three out of the first four weeks we went four and one. We just had the bad stinker week and would have been kind of in the mix if you look at it. The top dogs are two guys top that are eighteen one and one. Good for them. That's almost the best ever, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's going 19 and one, so that's pretty close. Uh, the top five guys, I think they were you know, maybe 16 and four, or 16 and three, or something. So the top 100 is 15, four and one. 
so, you know, we're 13 and seven. We're right there. You know, we're right there, a couple, two and a half behind. So we got a shot here. Um, keep plugging away and just consistency is going to get us home, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you told me before the season that we were going to be 65% after four weeks. I definitely would take that. Exactly. Uh, so let's keep it up. Try to you know, avoid those pitfalls. Even though, you know, we, we missed the other, we did miss the Jacksonville thing when everybody got on board a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we've been pretty good about not picking the consensus, which is what we, what we try to do. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, good luck this week. Uh, follow us on, I should mention YouTube. Of course, we have the Side Action channel on YouTube. I never mentioned that, but follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow us on Side Action Pod uh, Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Wexpo on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, everybody. Good luck this week. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER intro and outro and transition music credits song titles jerry five and district four by kevin mcleod at incompetech.org license under creative commons attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0